This is not D. This is Broke. <laughs> and welcome to Just the Headers. Nice. <laughs> and then can we have some like intro music playing? Yeah, let's cut to the intro music. There we go. That's it. And a heartbeat. That was pretty quick. All right, so now that brings us to our first article of the week. You know we from... have intro music, right? Like it plays oh, we... before we start talking. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you gonna get into the first article? I mean, I can. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanna... Let's get straight into it. Straight. Yeah. Up. Let's do. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Holy shit! Oh my god! What? A pleasant surprise. What's up, y'all? Where'd Yo, you what's come up? from? How'd you know we were doing this? I just I felt it in the air. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're good at this. You're good. Saw, well, everyone, if you don't know who that is, that's Vin Diesel. And he's joining us f- fresh from the set of uh, Fate of the Furious 9. How's it going, <laughs> Vin? Always making time for you guys. That's right. Family. It's all about um, family. That's right. Um, no, that's Cello. Cello is joining us uh, as a guest host. I just decided to pop in. It's such a surprise. Like this is live. This is a live surprise. So, did y'all just start? Cello. Yeah, we just started. So, welcome for the ride. Go on ahead, Jesse. You handle that first article. All Cello, right, do so you need f- a link to the articles? I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, you assume correctly. All right. Can put it in Hangouts chat. We'll put it in the Slack. Okay. All right. So the first article of this past weekend reads: China's crypto millionaires are using Bitcoin to buy real estate abroad. It was written by Wolfie Zhao and Lei Quen on July twenty-first, and it has nine hundred twenty retweets and one Reddit share. Mm, and it was updated. This is new. It was updated uh, July twenty-third. So, interesting. That. I wonder what they added or changed. You think they would put like what we changed, but it's too much to ask. So, a Chinese guy, mm-hmm. Guo Guo Hong Kai, a beef salesman turned early Bitcoin adopter from China's Shangxi province, is one of ma- uh, many freshly minted millionaires funneling parts of their wealth out of the country by purchasing real estate abroad. Uh, in April, Hong Kai sold 500 Bitcoin in the U.S., then used that money to buy a 100,000-square-foot mansion in Los Gatos, a 90-minute drive from San Francisco, California. Uh, it says his Rolls-Royce, also purchased with the fruits of Bitcoin arbitrage, sits in the driveway close to a small chives garden. It's very normal to sell Bitcoin in the U.S. After selling Bitcoin, you can buy anything you want, he told Coindesk. Interesting. 
Go calls the secondary residence his mansion of chives because the vegetable is also Chinese slang for crypto investors who prove vulnerable to big sell-offs. Oh, I didn't know that. Mansion of chives. That sounds so intense. Are they dried chives or fresh chives? That's what you got to wonder. Fresh. Garden. Garden fresh. Okay. All right. That's some farm-to-table shit. So why this is a big deal um, is because, in my opinion, I think it's a big deal. Because it it's nothing different than what Chinese people always try to do because they don't want to, like, they definitely don't like storing value in their own currency. And China hates that about themselves, but there's not much they can do about it because their own currency is kind of bunk. So they kind of use Bitcoin as a flight to capital. And then they even more so use it to buy things that they actually um, consider to have deep, deep value. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This would have been a cooler story if he was like, I'm buying stuff with Bitcoin. But he's not. He's selling it and buying stuff. So, I wonder who's buying the Bitcoin. Americans? What color do you think is Rolls Royce is? Black. Black and yellow? Just black. Just black? Okay. Uh, let's get a quote and then let's move it along. Keep it moving along. Uh, we're seeing that more and more people are willing to buy properties with cryptocurrencies because it's getting easier to get their money out of the country using basically what I just said, using Bitcoin rather than establishing a bank account based in Hong Kong and getting their money out of the country using business channels. Right. So sorry, China, people don't like your money. I don't know. Real estate in California is going to be so expensive everywhere. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get to a point where it's inhumanely expensive. You think China is gonna just buy California? I do think that's a sneaky economic play that China is doing. Is they're coming to the states and buying up all of our real estate and driving up the prices we can't afford it. Yeah. So it's a very like new age war kind of thing. I don't know. America's we'll make up a name. What we call the war on real estate or something. There's a Chinatown in California. Yes. That's not big enough for them. They're expanding. Jello. There's there's lots of Chinatowns in California, I believe. There's at well, least now, it's, now it's Chinafornia. Chinafornia? <laughs> <laughs> Why not Calachina? Ooh, I like that. Calachina? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to next Are summer? we absolved of racism for saying these things? I need to know that. Like... Are we inoculated? I think we are. Um, uh, yeah, so Kala China on the way, everybody. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go to the next article before people stop listening All right. immediately. So next article, from positive regulation to Ponzi comparisons. What went on at U.S. Congress crypto hearings? This coin. Oh, this is, uh, this is an article on Cointelegraph written by Stephen O'Neill. And that is 23,761 total views and 434 total shares. Says, July 18th proved to be an important day for the crypto industry as two separate U.S. Congress hearings centering, uh, centering the matter were held. One by House Agricultural Committee and the other one by the House Financial Services Committee. HSSC. The two, yeah. I was just FS- saying the acronym. <laughs> HFSC. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that acronym. Neither did I. I just read the words. Just Why would you do that? Of the it's, words. 
Sorry, two, there's to too many. There's rhythm. too many. All right, so the, the two stroke completely different tones. While the latter echoed the most conservative sentiments regarding the realm of crypto, um, in parentheses with somewhat obligatory call for a blank, uh, blanket ban, the former seemed more positive as the board of experts provided the regulators with collected considerations bothering the industry. Nevertheless, it's the House Agricultural Committee hearing we shall focus our attention. Mm. Oh, so interesting. So what are the highlights? Is the participants were Joshua Fairfield, Amber Balde, Balde, Balding, Balde, Scott Cooper, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Daniel Gorfine, Gary Ginsler. I know Gary Ginsler. I feel like we've interviewed him. Lowell Ness. Have we interviewed Gary Ginsler? Not on our show. Huh. Crypto Dad. Crypto Dad. I don't know. Is it, is it, so Congress has a vested interest in crypto is what it's saying. Um, anybody want to take those quotes? They're free for the grabbing. Not for regulation. They'll be at the hasty ones. Huh. There's a lot of quotes in this article. Here's here's some quotes. Here's some big bangers. Here's some bangers, baby. Bitcoin is law enforcement's best friend. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry, criminals. You lose. Bitcoin is actually the worst tool to money launder because every transaction is registered and recorded. I mean, we've been saying that literally for like four years, but, you know, whatever. Uh... Here's another quote. When it comes to electronic voting, we need to take extreme caution as we aren't ready to tackle the complex computer science and coordination problem. I mean, that's... Isn't this technology, like, for tackling that problem? Isn't it one of the tools to help try and tackle that problem? I don't know. Maybe it's just emphasis on the coordination rather than the actual... Problem. Voting app. Mm Mm-hmm. Decentralization is not a serious problem for mainstream adopters. <sighs> That's going to be like famous last words of this whole industry, by the way. I don't like the vein of things like people starting to think that decentralization is not important. Because if decentralization is not important, that means none of this stuff is important pretty much. And we should all just pack it up and go home. And let the big business does what it does. But. Anyways. That's me. I'm getting off my soapbox now. So I can get on it again later. Um, I don't know. What, what do you got for this article, Jesse? You picked it. So you thought it was juice. You know, I was. I was just interested in why they would. Um. Why they would keep comparing it to a Ponzi scheme and what the justification for making that comparison was, if there is anything new to that. Um, That's a great question. Cello, when I first started talking about Bitcoin, how much of you thought it's a Ponzi scheme? How much of you thought it was not a Ponzi scheme? Um, probably 75-25. 75% Ponzi scheme? Yeah. 25% legitimate. Mm-hmm. Why so I mean, much power towards Ponzi scheme? Because this is a revolution, man. If I went up to you and said, hey, man, there's a revolution happening. Are you going to take that guy serious? 
I guess not when you put it like that. But I didn't put it like that, did I? Was I like, hey, man, you want to get on on this revolution? Here's a pamphlet. I mean, you were excited, but it was like, oh, the internet was created while I was alive. I'm good until I die. There's not going to be anything that big. And then what? Then cryptocurrency happens, mm-hmm. and people usually don't get two big things in their life like this. So that's very true. Oh. Sometimes they do, man. Our elders, our parents got a lot. They got, they got. Uh, they can't take advantage of it though. Oh no, they, yeah. they do. Like if if Bitcoin would have happened when I was like sixty five, like game over. Like I wouldn't have got into it. Yeah, that's true. But you know, the internet. We were able to capitalize on the internet, um, and we were able to capitalize on this. So that's good. Seventy-five, twenty-five is not bad. You heard that, Jesse? And the twenty-five <laughs> came because, like, it came from you. You know, if oh, if well, thank you. You know whose house we were at when you told me about Bitcoin. If it would have came from the other person, I, it probably would have been like ninety-five, five. Oh, nice. So you heard that, Jesse? Twenty extra percent because I'm me. Doesn't it usually depends on who you hear? That's very true. Well, yeah. You know. That's very, very true, because I had Corey at a 50-50, because I heard it from Corey. Like, Corey didn't want to do the podcast, because I brought it up to him. But then you brought it up to him, and it was like, sure. <laughs> I get a 20% bonus, baby. 20, 20% bonus. Yeah, put um, that on your uh, on your rare Pepe card. Uh, plus 20 <laughs> influence. Plus 20 charisma. Sure. Um, okay, well, Jesse, you got any closing remarks before we move on to the next article? Chill, you'd be surprised. Yeah, we can move we can, on. We can move on? Yeah. All right. We've been making some good time with this shit. Last show was only an hour long. Um, oh. Third, third article uh, by our boy C. Edward Kelso. Not to be confused with Kelso from that 70s show. 9,357 views. Bitcoin almost everywhere. Bitcoin debit cards worth checking out. I, for one, think it's like strapping up horses to a Lamborghini. But uh, let's check it out. Mass mainstream adoption of cryptocurrencies might take a route. Few original cadres of developers and enthusiasts imagined major payment processing plastic debit cards. They're incredibly handy for those wishing to use crypto while merchant adoption works itself out. Um, You know, proof's in the pudding, baby. The pudding proves the case. Five crypto debit cards worth checking out. Um, do you have a crypto debit card, Jess? I do not. Why not, man? What are you waiting out for? Just don't have one. Jello, I know you have one. I have one. I use mine uh, quite frequently. Uh, shift card. Know about it. Um, I think this is a clickbait article because Zappo so cards, too. they've been canceled since Christmas. Do you know some of these? So like YRX? BitPay has one. I don't know about YRX. I don't know about CryptoPay. I ha- own Shift. Um, but you're right, Chelo. Zappos card shut down. Yep. Oh, yeah. Zappos on here. Hmm. Well, well then why um, is it still on here? If this... Yeah, if you think that this article would have updated on it, too. Because they need to update this shit and take Zappos' debit card off of it. Yeah. Um, there we go. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Jesse, about the crypto debit cards? Would you get one? I know you don't have one, but would you get one? Do they have like an annual fee? 
Nope. They get a usage fee? No. One time. Pay $10, get card, spend with card. Hmm. There's a daily limit, though. How much is the daily limit? One stack. (laughs) (laughs) We went over this pregame. How much is a stack? Thousand dollars. There we go. All right. So I mean that's that's all right I guess what if what if you're trying to make more than a like what if you, do you use your credit card if you're making like a purchase that's like I don't know yeah. five thousand yeah use the credit card okay. or a debit card okay I mean it's good for little stuff right like I go to the gas station I get some Werther's original or maybe some Jolly Ranchers and I swipe my shift card but what if you use like a Mastercard you get percentage back right. Cash back. Yeah, but in this case, not only do I not get the percentage back, is the candy that I bought could potentially be worth like 14x in five years. So it's double bad. But I just like to contribute. <laughs> yeah, so like, <laughs> I just like to contribute to the greater good, my friend. Keep yeah, that money bullshit. circulating, baby. <laughs> what do you mean bullshit? It's not bullshit. Bullsh- bullshit. I bought some pizza with my shift card just the other day. Did you really? Yeah. On pizza day. There's a pizza day? Oh, boy. Kind of, the first uh, first transaction of crypto was for a pizza. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, like, this? that happened. Yeah, I know. But that happened, like, this past week? No, no, no. That, you just I said a few recently, days ago, right? It was, like, a couple months ago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm not out in these streets all the time. I think the last thing I bought with my shift card was look, what I just said, some candy at the gas station. Okay. So you just have it to have it. Thousand dollar candy. That'll be the best candy I ever ate in my life. Her name was Candy. candy. Um, (laughs) um, So that's it, guys. Um, Just to wrap that up, that's from the weekend. And uh, if you want a crypto debit card, get a crypto debit card. There's a lot of them now. Uh, The Euro, you can get them anywhere. So There's a new article that. Uh, later during the week, it talks about Coinbase coming out with um, those uh, prepaid cards. Coinbase is making m- fucking moves, baby. Yeah, they are. Yep. Um, right. You want to read Monday's you article? Oh, yeah. You, you okay. want me to get it? How about Cello? Yeah, yeah. Cello, you want to get the first article from Monday? Yeah, let me hit my horizontal scroll wheel. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Augur? Uh, we are not. We're this talking about 46 million of Ether is locked. Mm-hmm. Oh, right below it. All right. All right. So this one is from Roger Ver's website. And <laughs> it is by a Japanese gentleman or a woman named Kai Segwick. It's one of those names that can go both ways but i'm giving you credit um 46 million dollars of ether is locked in a pair of ponzi daps um the ethereum network has another pair of smash hit daps daps are all the rage the decentralized applications have proven to be a viral success over the past week amassing more transactions uh a lot of transactions. I won't get into the weeds with that, but there's one problem. Both dApps and Ponzi schemes in which virtually everyone who plays will lose. Bold statement. Uh, it's going to wreck a lot of people. 
so there was a clue and a URL from exitscam.me. Uh, the game is the product of Team Just. Team Just is a group of devs that get its name from a Brendan Fraser meme. Okay. And Hello. yeah, so there's an overwhelming chance that you'll get justed. That is, wind up with an Ethereum balances equivalent of this haircut. If this is hard to follow, I don't blame you. A millennial, a really early millennial, probably came up with this. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is hard to follow. Uh, and maybe this is Generation Z may not even be a millennial. Maybe earlier than millennial. Yeah, it's probably that. Uh, so this FOMO 3D has the world's largest bug bounty on its head, and then a bunch of smart contract experts have already been scrutinizing the code for possible attack vectors and have made some interesting findings. Um, so there is a lot of FOMO. There's a lot of reverse FOMO. There's a lot of people trying to get this massive payout. Um, and then I'll end this crazy article with, with the quote at the end. Uh, they said if they fork... Uh, ether to stop this game you're going to be so mad uh, FOMO 3D and its ilk are stress testing the Ethereum network and creating scenarios that its founders never uh, envisioned someone somewhere is going to make a lot of Ether out of one of these games when it comes to playing the crypto market FOMO trumps reason every single time what do you guys think that's, about that's any market so that's nothing new um, but that is really funny that they are just wow this is like major troll this is trolling on a whole new level this is like ultra trolling because people are just gambling and and guaranteeing that their money is going to be lost but don't want to miss out on a possible fomo that's mm. crazy so oh, i'm playing did you have guys tried it i have not tried it because it's autonomous you lose gambling so like why would you even want to try it says uh eventually it will become profitable for a mega whale this is the the pot it'll become profitable for a mega whale to simply sweep the entire pot and everyone who got in early will get enough will get a massive payout yeah some guy said that he profited 225 ETH from this wow it's a good chunk or just getting in early. Mm. Walking off with the loot. That has somebody's going to jail written all over. It. I don't know. <laughs> like that's that just feels really bad in my gut. Um if you guys want to check that stuff out and lose your money, it's FOMO 3D and what's the other one? Proof mm. of work. Powhead. Powhead 3D. Those are the smart contracts that are, are, are like engineered scams right now. Forty six million is locked up in these smart contracts. So there's a new a new game too, uh, being developed called the FOMO five. Oh really? Another one. These guys yeah. are good. That's crazy. Forty five million dollars. Forty six million rather. Wow. Forty six million milli. All right, next article. Written by Helen Parts. Bitfunder founder pleads guilty to charges of fraud and obstruction of justice. Ooh, damn. The operator of now defunct Bitcoin stock exchange, Bit Bitcoin stock exchange. What? 
That doesn't make any sense. I almost don't want to read the rest of this article, but I'm going to. Bitfunder has pleaded guilty to federal charges of obstruction of justice securities fraud. So there's not much to know here, but let's get a little bit of details. According to prosecutors, 37-year-old John Montrell, also known as Ukia, also pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice, admitting that he provided false balance statements to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, an investigation of the fake 6,000 BTC Bitfunder hack in 2013. Oh, insider. So let's cut, let's cut to some conclusionary uh, statements here. Earlier this month, being July, Cointelegraph had reported that the alleged former operator of BTCE crypto exchange, Alexander Vinique, was ruled to be extradited to France by Greek. So I guess all these crypto exchanges that are practicing dirt, McGirt, Mount Gox style, they're finding them and they're bringing them to justice. So what's that quote from the movie? What's it like? Uh, I have a very particular set of skills. I will find you and I will bring you to justice. Tekken. What movie was that? Tekken. Tekken, yeah. Are you, saying, are you guys saying Tekken? Taken Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam Neeson's. That's right. There we go. I can't believe I forgot that, but I remembered his voice. Um, you guys got any thoughts on that one, or it's like pretty, pretty cut and dry. It's funny how coincidentally, six thousand BTC says then worth around seven hundred twenty thousand is today over forty five million dollars. Mm. It's about the same amount, so maybe there's something about forty five. Mm. Or 46. That's going into those Ponzi? Yeah, there's just a lot of 40-something 40, 40 million dollar hacks. Oh, you're talking some deep state shit. Oh, shit. I don't know. You want a conspiracy out on the show right now, Jesse? No, there's no conspiracy. I'm just saying it's funny. Oh. Just that, that, that much money in chunks. Woo-wee-woo. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not getting into that. All right. No conspiracies. This show is going to stay conspiracy free this t- this week. Um, so the next article here is written by uh, Lei Kuhn. Is it Lei Kuen or Lei Kuhn? I don't know. Okay. Lei Lei Quen. Lei Quen. Chell, you want to vote on that? Lei Lei Quen. Lei Quen. Lei Quen. Yeah. That almost Lake sounds Coin? like a character from like a MOBA, Lakewin. You know Lake what I mean? Wind. Like she'd have like water powers or some shit. Some weak shit like that. Like not one of the top tier characters. Definitely a weak shit character, but like Lakewin. Sounds like when you say Lakewin, but you hold your tongue between two fingers. <laughs> I tried it. It didn't didn't sound like that. Try it, try um, it. All right, all right. Lake Quinn. Yeah, true, yeah, Lake Quinn. Actually. Yeah, Lake Quinn. It's a very strange observation that you made. That was weirdly accurate. Um, <laughs> so she writes, a new Bitcoin wallet fulfills an old privacy promise. Mm. Mm. Out here fulfilling dreams, baby. From here on out, people can't say Bitcoin is not private anymore. F that. We made it private now. Veteran developer Adam Fizzer now CTO and co-founder of the privacy tech startup ZK Snacks described the importance of the Wasabi wallet set to debut on August 1st. 
this desktop friendly Bitcoin wallet, which can only be seen with anonymizing and anonymizing Tor browser will be the first relatively mainstream light wallet to offer coin join transactions, dispatching lots of transactions at once to obscure the sources. So this is a wallet with a mixer built in. Um, so the real shack in our slack, this would be for you. You should give it a whack. That's it, guys. That's all I have, guys. Um, yeah. So it's a new wallet that offers privacy. So are you going to use it, Jesse? Mm, probably not. I'll probably test it out, but... Shello, no. you down for some uh, Wasabi wallet? Leave I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it a step further and upgrade my probably not to a no. Oh, <laughs> he said, I see you're probably not, and I raise it to a no. What say you? Um, I probably won't use it either, but I mean, I should. We should, right? I mean, we should test it for the people. But um, you know what? I'm going to say uh, I'm going to fold and say that I probably will give it a shot. I already have like eight wallets on my phone anyways. What's one more? I'll just add a desktop wallet, throw some, sprinkle some Bitcoin in there, start mixing it around, baby. Um so it also says at the very end of this article, which if we if we live long enough in this industry to see it, which will be the next great debate after this block size shit blows over, and it is the fungibility debate. It says, I really want to emphasize how important fungibility is for Bitcoin. The community needs to solve that problem ASAP. So, yep, we do. And uh, I'm scared what that looks like, honestly. So... Um, we're on to Tuesday. We're making headway. Yeah. I'll take this one. Is it me? No, I think it's you, Shallow. I think it's you, Jesse. Okay. Okay. You got it. You want to go, Shallow? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Papa John sues Papa John's. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) That's a real article. That is a real article. Tezos hires big four firm P little W capital C to conduct an audit externally. PricewaterhouseCooper, baby. The big four, PricewaterhouseCooper, which is a uh, branch out in Germany, is going to audit the Tezos Foundation. Uh, They explain that they're going to act as uh, an auditor and examine the organization's finances and operations. This is significant news because this is the first time a large-scale blockchain organization has been accepted as an audit client. The foundation is launching its uh, network for beta testing last month, and the blockchain works as a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism when transactions are approved by validators. So while there's only 26 validators, uh, they are or bakers, as Tezos dubs them, their numbers are expected to grow. And eight of the foundation's own members are currently validators. So, uh, quote to end the article to give you guys some insight. They said that the foundation is committed to operating with the highest degree of integrity in the service of our mission to support the Tezos protocol and the community. And engaging a top-tier independent auditor is going to ensure that the community and its observers can trust the operations and the use of finances. Mm. So we got we got ballers we got big ballers in this biatch. 
That's basically what the article is trying to say, right? Uh, basically, just verifying authenticity mm -hmm. between um, public companies and third parties, I guess. I like this part where it says, uh, big balling, smashing, making my ends, smoking big killer, getting high in the bins. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not supposed to laugh. I'm supposed to be straight face <laughs> like Jello. <laughs> well, I know where that's from. <laughs> Jello, you oh, can I know. unamused. Oh, wait, you might know, Jesse. No, I was actually a little bit probably before you. You know the song, Want to Be a Baller? Shot mm, Caller, no. 20 Inch Blades on my uh, Impaler? Oh, no, no, that sounds familiar. Oh, but it sounds, if you're in Georgia, I know you probably hear it like five times a year without even knowing that you're hearing it. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't been here for that long. Chell's going to sing it, right, Chell? I hit the highway, making money to fly away. You never heard that song, Jesse? No, I haven't. I, I, or maybe if I have, I, yeah, I don't know. Better way, better way, yeah. Yeah. I'm a bowler, I'm a 20-inch crawler, blades on the impala. It's it's a rap song from when we were kids. Jesse, what are 20-inch crawlers? Rims. Nice. Well done. Because they crawl, because they're close to the earth. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, that got, that got way <laughs> off the rails. Let's let's bring it back. Uh, let's, let's let's. I think this was on you, Jesse. All right. So, so the next article for Tuesday is about an index ETF that is set to track ten cryptocurrencies has been filed with the SEC. Written by Kevin Helms two days ago and has eight thousand five hundred seventy views. Mm. Uh, Bitwise Asset Management has announced its plan to launch, quote, the first publicly offered cryptocurrency index exchange traded fund. A registration statement has been filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. The fund will track the returns of the company's Hold 10 index, which aims to capture 80% of the total market cap uh, capitalization of the cryptocurrency market. Oh, by the way, you guys saw the announcement that... Um, yeah. The Winkle yeah, the Winklevoss ETF shot down. So sad for them. Sad rich guys. Sad, yeah. Corey's like, poor rich guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bitwise to launch crypto index. So what What are people expecting in September then? If not That's not ETF. the Winklevoss ETF. That's a different ETF. It, yeah, but I mean, there's so many ETFs, it seems like, that are up, up for approval. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're not wrong. There's ATF. There was good reasons for it, though. I saw that there was a Reddit post that said uh, even the September date is bullshit. Like somebody who actually was trying to push past the weeds and the, yeah, um, I guess the the spamming of the same news article from the same or from different people, and the actual information was about, um the ETF being possibly approved not this September but actually next year but people keep trying to assign you know news to the price change so they're trying to jump on that ETF as being a major cause for the price shift up um, recently and then yeah down I guess until September was I, I think what's disappointing uh, I mean, if I'm using the Winklevi as an example, what's disappointing in the whole process is that 
the SEC doesn't appear to give feedback on on applications to let teams know where they're falling short. So what they what they did is they waited until the very last day and then they said, no, you're missing all these things. When they could have worked with the Winkle Voster in the process for years. I mean, they've been trying to do this for, I think, two yeah, years. They've been trying to do this for more than two years. Like, they've been trying to do this, like, since 2013. But they give them no feedback. So it's weird. 2014, sorry. Um, yeah. What kind of feedback were they given post, uh, I guess, post they, shootdown? They just tell you that there a lot of the required infrastructure for the EFT was missing, yeah. and then they have to go back and figure it out. The thing that I think. So is, what are the discussions about then? I'm starting like to the lose hope in the ETF period, because an ETF will bring stability and liquidity to the price, which would increase it and they give the underlying asset even more value, which is what it typically does. But the the reason why this is different. Than gold is because Bitcoin stands actually a more significant chance of competing with the dollar. So I think they're way okay with having Bitcoin futures because that's typically been downward pressure on the price. Uh, maybe that'll swing back around, but it hasn't seemed like it's going to in this whole year since it's existed. So maybe it's just like they just don't want it to happen. And a lot of it is because it's a 24-hour market. There's not enough regulated exchanges. Um, there's not any regulated exchanges, right? Maybe just two. GDAX and um, Bitrix. But what about BitMEX? Is that regulated or no? No. I, times I, leverage? No way. I think this is a reality check on the gaps and protecting the investors. And I, I think that the response is it represents how immature this market is. I don't think we have a chance for an ETF right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Because I, uh, there's there's manipulation, there's custody, liquidity, like you just said. There's valuation. Um, multiple ETFs can join the financial ecosystem right now. I think there's like 1,800 ETFs in the U.S. all competing for these commodities. So approving a, B, a Bitcoin ETF, it'll lead the way. So whoever makes it to the, the finish line first, that's going to be a big deal. There's 1,800 crypto ETFs. You said regular ETFs. Oh, regular ETFs. Okay. Yeah, but they're all they're all going for those same commodities, though. Yeah, Derivatives and there's like a, is a huge. Like a, how many commodities are there? I think there's like over a hundred. So mm-hmm. I haven't played Settlers of Catan in a while. There's five in that. Shanty Town. <laughs> um, I don't know. The derivatives market for crypto is going to be huge. I don't know why they're trying to like lowball it, but whatever. We're going to move on. Oh, wait. Oh, the segues. My segues have been weak as hell this week. So let me see if I can swiggity swig a nice segue up in here. Uh, speaking of regulation, our boy Ross Ulbricht, murder for hire indictment to be dismissed. So if you don't know who Ross Ulbricht is, he's the guy who got put in prison for life for uh, Silk Road. Oh, he was on Twitter the other day. Yeah, he said uh, to the judge that gave me, that ensured that I will spend the rest of my life in prison, uh, she just retired, and I forgave her many years ago. Um, How did he tweet from prison? Yeah, he got a cell phone, and he he made a Twitter account. Yeah. If you're you're a low security, like, prisoner, you can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, jail doesn't really seem so jail-y nowadays. Mm, famous last words. Everyone's I feel- <laughs> <to cello. laughs> 
I just feel like if you go to jail for life, there is no low level. Like you did something so bad, you're in jail for life. No tweets, you lifer. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but like it also depends on the the violent. Like, why are you gonna put him in a high security prison and waste money on him when he's not a violent guy? He was running Silk Road from a laptop. He's not gonna hurt anybody. It just sounds like he has a paid for apartment for life. Free food, free tweets. When you put it like that, now I'm upset. Yeah, but it's, it's a shit apartment <laughs> compared to what he probably could buy. Okay, With you guys aren't making money. it better. <laughs> you guys aren't making it better. It's probably like a studio apartment in New York. I mean, it's, it's not the best apartment. <laughs> He's in a jail cell. Yeah, He can't see his family and when he wants to. He can't watch the correct content that he wants to watch when he wants to watch it. He's got handlebar mustaches. He's not living a life. Um, U.S. Attorney Herr files a motion to dismiss the 2013 murder for hire indictment against Ross. So I guess he still had charges up against him? Damn. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not very familiar with this case. Uh, and I guess that's bad for me being a crypto quote-unquote OG. I should know, but um, I don't. I don't know. I, I I don't know if he's fairly imprisoned or not. I just don't know a lot about his case. I know the only thing I know that's kind of maybe it's mythology or not is that had he just closed his laptop before he got up, then he'd be a free man right now. Because apparently they snagged him when his laptop was open, so they were able to get in there. So that's mythology or not, but. Hmm. Anyways, Ross, congratulations! You're not going down for murder as well. So, or murder for hire. So, on a Wednesday, we're making moves, man. We got the moves. Isn't it weird that like a group of crows is called a murder? Weird. I feel like that's what high people say. Well, you just said murder, and every time someone says murder, I think of birds now. When did that every- start happening? Better part of my life, man. <laughs> everyday struggles in cello. Whenever murder? someone mentions Gross. murder, I just think of birds. It's not that bad of a word to me. Some people think about bodies, but I think about birds, and then I think about oh, they weren't talking about birds because they're never talking about birds. <laughs> when I think this- hard upon the next like unique phrase that describes a bunch of birds, I think like a bunch of ducks is called a gaggle. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't come up when I think of Google. So. Who the fuck? Who the fuck named groupings of birds? Because they yeah, really who, went all out. Who did that? A group of crows shall be a murder. <laughs> a group of ducks shall be a gaggle. Why yeah. don't we give it our best shot? What do we call a group of cardinals? Crap. Cards. Oh, okay. What'd you say? No, so I just said crap. It's crap. just the first thing that came to mind. Cards. <laughs> How about Maguire's? <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Ha, baseball reference that I that don't is, get. Is, <laughs> how can you say it's a baseball reference and claim you don't get it? That's what I don't. That's what I don't understand. All I know is it's like it's like somebody who you make a um, 
like a LeBron James or like a Michael Jordan reference, but like you just know them by name. Like all I know is somebody maybe named Mark McGuire in baseball. I don't know anything past you that. Know though. the exact reference? I don't understand. Yeah, that was no, it. Like, you I, got I, it. I don't know his performance though. Like I don't. I don't know. He you gotta be more confident in your sports references. You got it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obscure sports reference. I don't know, but I actually know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what position he plays. I don't know anything oh. about him. I, I named I named the backup third baseman who never plays oh. that obscure player. Um, he was he's a member of the Caucasian brethren, uh, and he, along with the help of steroids, hit sixty three home runs, or was it sixty eight home runs in one season? Oh, okay. I vaguely remember seeing a documentary with him in court. Oh, man. Everybody watched baseball when they were doing the home run chase. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even I watched it. It was a marvelous, marvelous sight to behold. Wow, I really uh, really veered off the topics. Yeah, it's okay. I don't even know what article we're on anymore. But... We're on... China ranking crypto. China releases ranking of 31 crypto projects written by Kevin Helms with 9,985 views. Oh my God. 70 home runs. Jesus. Who, how many did Babe Ruth have? That's a good question. Well, there's a funny thing why D looks that up that I always find interesting is like nobody broke the home run record for like 70 years or 60 years. And then, like, and then, like, two years later, someone broke it again. And then yeah. someone broke it again. Yeah. So it's always like, oh, you know, that's an impossible record. No one will ever be able to do it. And then when someone does it, it, like, plants the seed that it can be done. Baby Ruth had 60 in 1927. Yeah, but that was, like, that record 98. That was 1920s baseball, though. You said 1967, 60 home runs? Yeah. No, 1927. Okay, yeah, that was just before the depression. So it was you know, literally pitchers, seventy years. The pitchers weren't like you know. Oh, Barry Bonds broke it. You're right, Jello. The ne- and three years later, Barry Bonds yeah. broke it with seventy three. But he yeah. also was Sosa broke it too. Positive. Sosa didn't like claim it, but I think he went past McGuire like yeah. four years later or something. Mm, no, it was that same year they were competing. But Sosa did Sosa break Babe Ruth's record too? They both broke it, but McGuire yeah, got more. They both broke Babe Ruth's record. Uh, Man, steroids just makes all sports fun. I want people to take steroids. Yeah, like I, just as mutant spectator. league footballs and like crazy baseball games where every pitch is a home run. It's like eighty to seventy. You Jeez. know what I mean? Listen to these roids: Barry Bonds, McGuire, Sammy Sosa, McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Sammy Sosa. Those are the the home. Who holds it right now? Barry Bonds, seventy-three. In what year? Two thousand one. So 17 years ago. Nobody's going to ever break that because nobody wants to do steroids anymore. They should let them do steroids. I'm a spectator, man. I want to see them hit that ball into the fucking stratosphere. Anyways. Well, if the pitchers were on steroids, they could throw it really fast. Yeah, but if they hit a batter in the face, the batter would probably (laughs) die. I'd watch Yelling. it. Is that what you said? I'd watch, I'd watch it. it. There was one. There was one pitch where this pitcher threw a threw a ball and a bird got in the way and the bird. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Oh my God. 
that's the worst. That, that's a that's a goose that should have stayed in the fucking gaggle right there. He, he, he peeled off from the gaggle in the wrong way. Um, Became a yeah. murder scene, huh? He left the murder scene. Oh, nice. uh, peeled off the gaggle, made a murder scene. Comes full circle. Nice. We close the loop. That's right. Um, All right, so... Should we talk about this article about China ranking crypto? (laughs) Nobody gives a shit about China. Next article. So number one on China's list is apparently EOS. Second is Ethereum. Third is Nebulous. I've never heard of that one. we do this every month? Didn't we do this last month, Jesse? Uh, They came out with one like for the first quarter, right? Or the second quarter? This this project center began ranking 28 crypto projects in May. That's when we last heard of this. Mm. Following month, it added two more projects, EOS and Nebulas. Um, This month, one more is added, making a total of 31 crypto projects on the list. GX Chain is the latest addition. So it looks like Nebulas, GX Chain, and EOS are all um, top four on on the list. In fact, is, EOS, it's 101. This is kind of why governments get on my nerves sometimes. It's because they ban something on one side of their mouth, but on the other side of their mouth, they create a ranking system that gives the yeah, consumer confidence. Huh? How does that work? China's Center for Information Industry Development. Yeah, how does, how does that work? It doesn't work. It's, it means the governments are mostly full of shit and only by design to take money from you via taxes. Like... I, I I'm kidding. Uh, let me get off my soapbox. I don't want to go deep into that. But it's like America saying uh, weed is illegal, but then giving you a ranking on which breed is like the best. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? Like this is the one that's gonna help you f- your most for daily living. By the way, smoke it, you go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like what? That's interesting. Um, I don't know. Should we go over the methodology for this? Now we can skip past it. I just wanted, I was curious for my own information. Should a lot of these articles. The Should we at least read the top 10? Go ahead. Yeah. So EOS, Ethereum, Nebulous, GX Chain, Neo, Stellar, Steam. Steam's good. I like Steam. Lynx, Lisk, Waves, Komodo, BitShares, Dash, Ripple. That's a lot more than 10. Wow. Bitcoin is way down there. Mm hmm. It's like wow. 15. Bitcoin is like, yeah. Wait, how many? Yeah, it's probably like number 15. Yeah. 16? Wow. Yeah, 15. Oh, it's in 15th place. Oh, yeah. Frankie's on the right side. I didn't realize that. But yeah. backwards. Yeah, why is it backwards? And they can't even invest. What? They Where's this money invest. supposed to come from? Well, I just want the people to know. Like, these are good to invest in, but you can't invest in them. That's, that's okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right, let's go to the next article. Yeah. Oh, China. So, speaking of bright futures, the next article talks about who the brightest minds are in crypto and featured among fortunes 40 under 40. The article is written by Gareth Jenkinson and has 13,017 total views with 560 total shares. (laughs) You like how I did that? (laughs) Yeah. The world of finance is driven by some of the greatest minds out there, but every year we see new faces pop up on the list of the industry's most influential. This month, Fortune released their list of 40 under 40, a compendium of the most influential figures in the global business space. The usual suspects 
featured in this awe-inspiring group include Instagram's founder and CEO, Kevin Systrom, Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, did you guys see the Facebook stock tanked? It was one of the biggest tanks in history. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, And Airbnb co-founder Brian Chesky, to name but a few. There's a guy on Twitter that was saying he shorted it with like times five leverage. With like one point something. Yeah. The list also features prominent leaders of some of the world's biggest enterprises, such as Divya Suradivara, who is the chief financial officer of General Motors. New Zealand's prime minister, uh, Yacinda Ardern, is also a notable inclusion, highlighting the diverse makeup of figures under the age of 40 making a difference in the world. This does not exclude the expanding influence that cryptocurrencies are having around the world. Not one, but five prominent names from the crypto world graced this auspicious list of influencers, and their work in the space has clearly exceeded the bounds of blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. Ethereum inventor Vitalik Buterin, Coinbase founder Brian Armstrong, Telegram founder Pavel Durov, and Robinhood co-founders Baiju Bot and Vlad Tenev crack the nod. And here's a look at their respective journeys into the world of cryptocurrency and the effect they are now having on a global scale. Mm. These are some rich dudes. I'm going to call out their net worth and then we're going to keep it moving so we can feel better about ourselves. <laughs> Vitalik Buterin, 400 to 500 million. His accolades for being rich. <laughs> That's being literally rich. what it says. For yeah, 500 million dollars. Yeah, yes, man, he's got a lot of ether. He's got a lot of lot of ether, and that's not even counting the classic. That's probably not even count. Oh no, they probably counted that stuff. Um, Brian I know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get oh. juvenile with it real quick. But how come he doesn't have any ladies? If I had five hundred million dollars, how do you know he doesn't have ladies? Oh, he keeps them in. And his yeah. how many ladies he's quiet by in Mexico? I've seen the guy in person. There are no ladies. Man, sometimes I'm pretty sure like his dad would steal them all anyway. Sometimes ladies like a little spectrum. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm. elaborate. They like a little color. That's the <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if I had $500 million and I know two years from now, I'll probably be a billionaire. I'd be. What are you gonna flashy. do? Just walk into a club and say, "Hey, ladies, I'm rich." Oh, yeah, up actually, into a club, go like, said, "What up? Said, I got yeah. a big cock." That's exactly what I'm gonna do. That's exactly <laughs> what I would do. I would have Lambos and women. I. What's the point? <laughs> what's the point of having that much millions? And you're still building and charting and mm, clapping weird. Like I don't get it. That's Sit back, take a vacation. Look, man, money. different strokes for different folks, man. Whatever floats your boat. This is why remote. I don't know what to tell you. This is why he's 24 and he he knows what he knows because like most of these people are on the spectrum and go deep when they're a teenager, when they're a young teenager. Mm-hmm. And they, they Not have kind of deep jello. Yeah. Yeah, so I read it I read it this is totally off the rails and random, but I read a I saw on Reddit that there's this guy on World of Warcraft that had 36 accounts and 11 monitors. And he he played like eleven accounts simultaneously or whatever. He got paid to pay them, right? No, he paid out of pocket. So mm. if you do the math, he's paying like five hundred a month. But anyway, the point is, is like someone. The first comment on Reddit was like, "That dude has autism." 
Yeah. So, so it's like people on the spectrum just do things to like a higher degree. Yep. Healthy or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Let's keep Maybe. going. Brian Armstrong, number 20 on the list. Net worth $900 million. Other accolades? A rich guy. That's what it says in the article. It says richest in crypto. Pavel Durov, net worth $1.7 billion. Um, Can't you say how, like how many suicides there are going to be? If you have $900 million, and let's just say crypto goes to zero, like it's dead. It's done. That's gonna be not going to happen, but yeah, I could see Brian Armstrong would toss himself off of a... A lot of bridge deaths. Off of a diving board into a pool because he will have a lot of time to get his money out. There'll be a lot of suicides. Suicide. Kind of reminds me of Lex Luthor. He does. I call him Lex. I call him Baby Lex. Wouldn't that be such a great, great movie of a guy who creates his own currency... People get invested to it for ten years, and then he he just breaks the system, and then and then like half the world commits suicide. Superman can't stop it. Suicide. Who's Superman? Vitalik. No, he would be Lex Luthor. He would well, be the Superman villain. would be oh. in this case the United States of America. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. No, I don't know who Superman would be. Elon Musk. Off? Would that be? Yeah. Elon or would Musk he be Iron be Man? Counter to Vitalik. I don't know. Or Brian Armstrong. Uh, the last two guys, the twins, Justin's ba- son, Bajibat and Vlad Tenev, are each worth a billion, both of them. It's so, funny money. It's not real money yet. Nope. What do you mean it's not real money? Oh, yeah, it's not real money yet. The crypto goes under suicide. All right, next. <laughs> Mass. I don't think they're going to suicide when they go from almost a billion to like a few million. Um, we need to be careful though. Last time we were like, we we shouldn't talk lightly about suicide. No, we we're not. You used your not. serious suicide. That's serious. Oh yeah, I was using the Halo voice. You know, like when you shoot yourself with a rocket launcher. <laughs> suicide. Oh, okay, all right. Next. Next. <laughs> I remember that. Um, no segue. Okay. Betrayal. Speaking of betrayal. Okay. Not, <laughs> not a bad voice. Remember that right sharing company you liked? They're giving it a whirl again. This time. Run, huh? Running riot. Oh, yeah. Double kill. All right. So, enough. I'm done. You're Uber. reading the, the article? Yeah. I'm going to read this one. Uh, startup backed by Uber co-founder to launch fee-free crypto trading. That's right. No fees, baby. Trade away. We're never going to take money out of your pocket. We're only going to ensure that you keep that money in your pocket, baby. Voyager, a startup backed by Uber co-founder Oscar Salazar, has announced that it will launch a commission-free cryptocurrency trading platform. It is intended to function as an aggregation engine for cryptocurrency prices across more than a dozen trading venues. So that's a whole. So you're basically over a dozen trading venues coming into one app fee free. Somebody's losing money. I don't know how they're doing this. They're trying to to sell the data. Ah, yeah. They're going to sell the data, uh, the trading data or have some sort of like, hey, SEC, you can use us. 
because we have access to real-time, non-arbitraged prices. And they're licensed in several U.S. states, so they're ready to do that. Jesse, you're such a wise, you're wise beyond your years, my friend. You what see straight you to the cut of the mustard of anything. Kill-tacular. Kilimanjaro, yeah. Let me see if I can do Let me drink a little water, see if I can do it. Overkill. Kilimanjaro. Is that good? That was good. I wonder how they're doing. Well, so I guess, is that just it? All right, we're moving on. Um, oh wait, you want you still have stuff you want to talk about? No, uh, no, just just no. Okay. I guess not. All right, yeah, let's go on to the next article. So Thursday, Hitachi. You want to take this one, Cello? Uh, I will take this one. So Hitachi trials uh, blockchain to settle retail payments using just your fingerprints. Um. They are a telecommunications giant teaming up with a Japan-based tech conglomerate testing a blockchain-based system that can settle retail payments validating using shoppers' fingerprints. Uh, According to a release on Wednesday, a group of staff from the two partners are this week experimenting with a coupon settlement system deployed in a store in Tokyo's Shinjuku district which is a dope Jackie Chan movie, by the way, of the same name, as well as a local donut shop. Uh, They explain that when shoppers sign up to use the system, they will register their coupon credits and biometric information, which are then encoded into a string of encrypted data and stored on the blockchain. If you're thinking, why are they doing this? Uh, The end goal is to use a tamper-proof blockchain to assist in verifying users' fingerprints and to keep their coupon usage information accurate and updated across stores within the network. Um, I don't know if this is necessary, but last year the company also announced that it's developing developing a blockchain platform for supply chain businesses to manage orders and invoices on an immutable ledger. And I remember back on like episode 31, we interviewed Jesse Baker from Provenance about supply chains. And that was like three years ago, and I haven't really heard anything from from that field. Yeah, supply chains is an impossibly hard problem to solve, but go on. Yeah, so I guess the idea is like if you buy a hamburger, you get to know what cow from what farm, you know, somewhere in the world. So uh, it, this culture promotes transparency, so supply chain is was a big deal, but like Dee said, it's pretty hard, so... Well, uh, I mean, you you just have to think about all the logistics, right? Like all of these things coming from different points on the planet, meeting up at different meeting up at different points on the planet. Um, timing has to be essential. Um, discipline in whatever the sensors are that are going to be time stamping onto blockchains, right? I mean, that's 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 got to be disciplinedly implemented. implemented with discipline I mean there's just a lot of move what the hell did I just say disciplinely implemented Um, (laughs) what the hell was that some of the spectrum kill frenzy (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the only thing they're doing is oh it's not necessary to present a coupon at the store now you can use your finger 
And it's like, yo, man, we have this revolutionary technology, and that's what you're doing. That's what you guys are like hard at work. Uh, you want, you don't want to use coupons with your fingerprint? No, it's bro? the fingerprint stored on, on the blockchain is what it is, right? Yeah, it verifies your identity with a fingerprint. Then it broadcasts it. It says the, the fingerprint is converted to a, a string of data that, that's stored on the blockchain. So your it's fingerprint still a coupon is really system, stored. But it's still a coupon system. That's all it is, right? I, I think the coupon system is not actually blockchain-based. I think that's... Is it blockchain-based? Well, the underlying technology is blockchain-based, but they're, you know, they're pushing the agenda of a coupon system. I think yeah, it's kind of sexy if the coupons just go straight to your identity via your fingerprint, and you can go around to these stores and just put your fingerprint in there. Is it is it because like people will go into the same store twice a day, and use the same coupon? Is that what they're trying to avoid? See, Jesse brings up a good point. Like, what was the problem that they're trying to solve with this? Exactly. Have you guys ever, never never tried to double spend coupons before? Yeah, it says like you can only you're only um, eligible for uh, one one item from that one store per day. You guys never pull the old Pink Panther? Go in, get five dollars off a of pizza. Go out, shave your mustache, go back in, get five dollars <laughs> off another pizza. Huh? You know, I just downloaded. Speaking of like coupons and like I guess franchises that are trying to do like coupons, like and keep them updated, which is it seems like that's what they're trying to do here keep all the coupon information valid per, per customer. Um, I downloaded McDonald's mobile app just to see like some of the discounts or some of the deals you could get. And you can actually get like a buy one, get one free Big Mac. You can get like free, like free fries. You can get really, yeah, you can get like a, like a McDouble for a dollar now. Cause it used to be on the dollar menu. Can you but get the I Happy they, Meals toys without getting a Happy Meal so you can scalp them to the yeah, eager kids? That's I haven't looked into that, but you could probably check it out. That's kind of cool. The, the problem it presents now, though, is now there's an extra layer of verbiage before I get my food. If I order food, they're like, oh, do you have the McDonald's app? No, I don't have it. And they're like, do you want one? Would you like, <laughs> no, just want my food. Yeah, You can actually place the order before you arrive. That's the the beauty of, of the McDonald's app. You can time it so that they have your food ready when you get there. Essentially you, you don't you don't you don't need people at the register then. If everyone had an app and you could pay for it on your app and order your food, you wouldn't need people at the register anymore. Some some McDonald's don't actually have people at the register, Cello. Nope. They replace them with kiosks, man. Yeah. Have you been to one of those? I've not. I'd yeah. like to though. Yeah. I, tr I try to tell my students when I was teaching four years ago, I was like, if you're banking on getting a job in McDonald's, you've lost. Like, you, Future-proof yourself. I think they're still like in like testing phase, but I mean, like they're implemented practically, but, I, they're, but there's still not... one person that comes and brings you your burger. But yeah. They're, ju they're just not ordering it from you. Yeah. But How still, you reduce would, it, would it be too spooky, though, if you went into a McDonald's and it was strictly robots behind the counter? It wouldn't be spooky as hell. I'd trust them to make my damn burger right. When I say no pickles, I mean no fucking pickles, Jeffrey. There is this. Uh, no, there, there is actually a place in Japan. I was watching this Vice documentary about. Um, I guess. No, it wasn't on YouTube. It was. It was. I think it was on Netflix. It, there's a there's a hotel where the concierge is actually robotic velociraptors. Nice. Yeah. I do that. 
Do they wear like little monkey hats? Uh, I don't remember. They were wearing something on their head. I just don't remember Wait, what kind of hat. What's a monkey hat? The, the, remember the, how the monkeys would be your concierge in the cartoons? They'd come get your bags and the little Morocco hats. Oh. Oh, they are wearing hats, dude. Wait, wait, wait. Check this out. Here, I'll show you. <laughs> Let me link you this picture. Copy image address. I'm going to throw this in Hangouts chat. Actually, I'm going to put it in Slack. So that for all you listeners, you have to go to the Slack. Oh, yeah. In yeah, order. Go to the Slack, yeah. I'll put it in the random channel because that's pretty random. There it is. Lost the lead. Gain the lead. <laughs> Velociraptor in a white hat. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I love that he looks like an old Japanese Velociraptor, too. <laughs> How are you able to tell it's a Japanese Gain Velociraptor? The lead. He looks He looks like he's like an old Asian He definitely dinosaur. looks like he enjoys sushi. Yeah, you know, I was thinking sushi, too. He could be one of those sushi makers. Yeah. But it exists, Cello. Lost the lead. Five minutes remaining. Capture the flag. <laughs> Domination. All right, all right, fucking, we're gonna keep going with this show. Five minutes remaining was real. Bitcoin's cutting edge coin selection tech gets gets first major integration. Coin selection. What is this? I'm excited. Keep going. Alyssa Hertig wrote this article. This is uh, an article on Coindesk, has 267 retweets and 12 Reddit shares. Starts with crypto startup, security startup, BitGo's latest technology, quote, predictive UTXO management. Sounds technical, but it's got an end goal that everyone will understand. Cutting crypto fees. Revealed exclusively to Coindesk, BitGo is the first mainstream crypto company adopting a spin on, quote, coin selection, a scaling technology that's been one of the many touted as a way that's been one of many touted as a way to ease the industry's obsession with lowering fees since they spiked to over $20 a transaction in December. Yeah, I remember that. Um, though fees have fallen, have since fallen to less than $1, the incident had a huge psychological impact. As such, the industry jolted into action, looking into technologies that could help chip away at these fees. As long promised, the coin selection more efficiently selects what coins go toward a particular transaction, and thus could have a big impact on users the next time fees go up, in parentheses, due to rising prices or increased use of the network. Remember... D, remember that uh, the um, mem uh, was it the mempool transactions? Yeah, the, like the quantity that I showed you that one time when mm-hmm. when these were going up in winter, and I was trying to find some sort of correlation between that and the actual price increase. Yes, I do recall. Yeah, that was. Have you checked it lately? I wonder if I where haven't. it sits. I wonder if that was some next level shit that we should just keep to ourselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want people getting in on these secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Bitco is like trying to save you on fees, guys. It's crazy. So technology's growing, baby. It's growing. Um, watch the mempool. Public service announcement. All yeah. right. Speaking of mempools, the 
last article of the day. In our pool. Last yeah, last article in our uh block. Cause you know, news that we don't get to see is zero confirmation news. Um but this is the last news in our block and it's by William Suburg. Iran preparing ground for national cryptocurrency to dodge US sanctions. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so happy about that? Because it's gonna be interesting. Everybody's gonna have their own state issued cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's it's gonna be bananas, man. This is that was crazy. a young Jeezy, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Got the crypto ruble, the Venezuelan Petro. It's gonna be like the Chinese crypto yuan and Iran, whatever they're coming out with. I had a bidet thought today. I had shower. Okay, so am I the only person on the planet that talks out such scenarios while they're taking a shower? I don't talk to myself while I'm taking a shower. I feel like a lot of people do this. Like, I practice scenarios while I'm in the shower. I guess I'm the only one of us three that does that. But I read this article about the MasterCard CEO calling cryptocurrencies junk again. And, like, I, I've thought out the scenario in my head where I was, like, at a conference and I was telling him to stop, to miss everyone with that bullshit. Because MasterCard is getting patent after patent after patent and crypto and blockchain tech across the board of like uses and utility. The most recent one being like making Bitcoin transactions faster by riding on the rails of the MasterCard network. Like, stop your bullshit. Like, don't go in public and shit on something, but then have article after article come out about how you're working with that something. It's like complete and utter bullshit. All right, I'm off my soapbox again. All right, let's read this article. So, Iran has confirmed it will press ahead with creating its own state-issued cryptocurrency to circumvent incoming U.S. sanctions, uh, local media press TV reported July 25th. Uh, Quoted by a local news media outlet, ISNA and translated by the press TV Alariza Dalari, Deputy for Management Investment and the Directorate for Scientific and Technological Affairs, said plans for the creation of working digital currency were already on its agenda. Uh, we're trying to prepare the grounds to use a domestic digital currency in the country. So, so I mean, basically, like, Iran's trying to re- launch their own currency, like like you said, Jesse. So, Yeah. Mm. Then they're just going to put a smart contract, a smart sanction contract. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know where the world's going as far as governance structures and... Yeah, the world's getting smaller. Yeah. People in power don't like the fact that they're losing it. I don't know, man. I'm getting ready to be conscripted, baby. I need to start doing some pull-ups. I'm going to get drafted in somebody's <laughs> army. Which somebody army? That, which, yeah? Somebody said that Iran's selling huge amounts of oil on dollars, so a lot of people are going to use these tokens. Trillions of them. Uh, that's possible. Iran coin. But what are the tokens? Iran, like that's like the best name. Like Iran coin. That's pretty cool. Running with your money, like with your money. The biggest exit scam ever. Iran coin. I like it. Failing governments are. <laughs> they're, 
they're simply trying not to give up their sovereign coin, the Bitcoin. So they have these huge egos about their ability to run currency. So they come up with Iran coin. You know, they can't inflate it. So if they create their own coin, they can do whatever they want. Every time I hear Iran, I only think of that song from the 80s. And Iran. That's all I think about. <laughs> oh, so my, my bird thing is crazy, but that's not? Um... Isn't it weird how we make those connections to random shit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the bird thing is crazy at all. I just think it's interesting that you find yourself in that kind of conundrum. Like it's just if we if we heard the murder. story, if we heard the sentence I ran away and got murdered, you would think about 80s music and I would think about birds. Yep. We would just be two guys stuck in our own brains. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I ran I, away and got murdered. Yeah. I dare you Either. to not hear um, that song now whenever you see the name Iran. I think of the Andy Samberg version, the SNL one, with Maroon 5. Which one? Iran so far, about the Iranian president being gay with Jake Gyllenhaal or something. <laughs> I do not remember that skit, but I need to look it up because it sounds fucking hilarious. Oh, it was a Lonely Island song. I don't remember that. I have to, I have to, I have to look it up. It I know be, Jake uh... Gyllenhaal is a very punchable face. I was reading the like mean tweets thing by Jimmy Kimmel, and his was like Jake Gyllenhaal is a very punchable face. And Jake I Gyllenhaal. Thought, I agree. Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal's younger brother. Because that helps as a reference. He played a you. boxer in a movie once, right? He did. He was a boxer. His wife was shot, and he was shot as well. His soul. That's right. What movie was that? His daughter. I believe, I think it was called Pitbull, but I'm wrong. It was wrong. I think it was called Fighter. It was called Southpaw. Oh, Southpaw. I was close. Southpaw, that's right. Yeah. It was called Uh, Pitbull Dogfighter. (laughs) Pitbull Dogfighter, baby. That's that's who it was. Um, Yeah, and then he loses his daughter because of drugs and being a shitty human and then he's like I'm gonna get my daughter back I'm gonna fight for her literally and then he does so um well that's it man we don't have any more articles yeah we're out we're out of them so let's plug some stuff Chelly you got anything you wanna plug nope thanks for having nothing, me nothing at all that you do that's important to you you wanna plug to the people um I feel like like you're being like a mom. Like I know what you're supposed to plug. Go ahead and say it, Cholo. Like, <laughs> uh, there's a show called the Bitcoin Podcast. That you should tune into. That's crazy. That's... When did you start doing that? Uh, <laughs> three and a half years ago. It's it's been going. Um, Jesse, you got anything you want to plug, man? Plug away, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the Twitch stream. And then maybe people will hold me accountable on Slack for actually streaming. It's it's go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. No, I was totally gonna derail that whole thing, so I want you to finish that up. Alright, so the, the Twitch channel is called twitch.tv slash yin yang show. Yep. Yeah. So and me and Jesse playing games. Yep. Whenever we find the time, because we haven't done one stream in like a month. So 
you know, if we find the time, we're going to hop on there. We're going to play some games. It'll be us, but we'll be playing a game. I don't know. It's, it's mostly for the kids because people that listen to our show aren't watching streams. They got kids and babies. so um, Or maybe they'll love it. Yeah, maybe you'll love it. You know? Or we could do like some of those, like, I see those Korean streams where it's just like people eating cereal and noodles. Mukbang. Yeah, let's do some mukbang because that doesn't you want sound to? weird at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll go right now. I'll get some pad thai and let the people watch me slurp up those noodles. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm, not I'm actually interested. I'm not joking at all. These are my two favorite things, playing video games and eating food. <laughs> like, you, I don't think you understand. I am not playing. Let's, let's do it American style, though, with, like, golden Oreos and, like, uh, s'mores Pop-Tarts. And let's take two s'mores Pop-Tarts and put golden Oreos in them. And then go all mukbang, but America style, baby. It sounds like uh, like a sugar coma. We need yep. some meat in there. And then pass out on the stream and wake <laughs> up and deliver McDonald's with Uber Eats. Don't just go get it ourselves. Oh, then... oh you know what we should do? Okay, okay. Here's what we do. <laughs> you order me something random on Uber Eats and I'll order you something random on Uber Eats. <laughs> and you have to eat it. And then we mukbang. <laughs> Yeah, we mukbang, and we mukbang for our first show on the Yin Yang Show. We're going to be the American mukbangers. You want to? I'm actually remotely. And we can give we can give a review on the food. What you thought about the food? So it's a food review. It's a random surprise. You get food ordered. You know something random you haven't had before, maybe. Um, and then video games and just funny commentary. I'm remotely interested in this entire <laughs> idea that we just came up with at the end of this show. It does seem okay. Um, we got to wrap this up, though. So, um, you know, I was think I was going to derail. Hold on. I'm actually writing down the mukbang idea because it's not a bad idea. <laughs> writing it down. Just do it. We'll just We'll just do it. We'll do it once a week. We'll call it Mukbang Mondays. Or... What? Cello? I Did like you just it. yell something? I like the idea. Oh, it's not a bad idea, right? We'll just fucking eat terribly American food and then send each other random food. Um, we'll call it <laughs> Rando Bang. No, Rando Mucking. Rando Mucking Mondays. There's Anyways, no alliteration. Sorry, you don't need to hear any of that. Um, no, they're actually interested, I bet you. <laughs> it sounds pretty yeah, interesting. Like, hmm. <laughs> what if we ordered them food and they had to eat it? Oh, that oh, would be interesting. Should you I queue up this out? Like, well, somebody's going to steal our shit. No, nobody's going to steal our shit. But, but you have people who listen in queue up what they want us to eat. Mm. And then donate, like, crypto. And then we could probably do that. Ooh. We just remember, remember that remember that TBS show Dinner in a Movie, except you guys are doing Dinner in a Game. Interesting. Mm. I don't this watch TBS. Interesting. Let's give this a shot, man. Let's try it next. Should we try it next week? Yeah, I'm down. And then, all right, I'm gonna order you pho. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna okay. tell you what I'm gonna order you. <laughs> um. Okay, so um, sorry. Oh, you know what? Whenever people plug stuff, I think of that song and I ran. But no, wait, um, that's not what I think of. I think of the plug song. I think of Inya's song "Sail Away," but like with "Plug Away." So like, I want to tell people to plug away, and it's like "Plug Away, Plug Away, Plug." Away. You guys don't do that. Kind yeah, of no, thing? I 
I don't. I know that song. I don't do you that. do you know that song I know I know the Enya song sail away sail away but uh so, so when you think in your head you're not like plug away plug away plug away I guess juggernaut <laughs> <laughs> and that's what is it kill headshot that's but that's from uh Quake so all right king guys, of the so, hill yeah king of the hill hill contested <laughs> Hill controlled. That that game is legendary, man. Okay, um, that's it, guys. Uh, you want to do the outro, bro? No, I don't remember it. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> right. That's our show. <laughs> yes, that's like it. it. <laughs>